Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This week in China's history, Hua Guofeng's short-lived reign as chairman and leader of China. Written by James Carter. Published in The China Project. Read for you by Kaiser Guo. This week in China's history, June 28, 1981. June 28, 1981, Hua Guofeng resigned as chairman of the Communist Party of China, a post he had held for more than five years. Whatever. In American usage, anyway, whatever has come to be a term of dismissal when you've given up on or don't care about trying to understand or persuade someone of their point of view. Anyone who has experienced the acid whatever, usually accompanied by an eye roll of a teenager, has marveled at its ability to express aggressive disinterest. To be whatevered is to know the conversation is over. So for a political figure to be known primarily for a doctrine labeled the two whatevers is telling, and in the case of Hua Guofeng, apt. Writing about Hua for the Oxford History of Modern China, Timothy Cheek describes Hua as distinctly uncharismatic. Given that his role was to succeed Mao Zedong, who had ruled China for four decades, largely through a robust cult of personality, Hua was hardly prepared for success. Largely forgotten, does Hua live up, down, to his reputation as one of the world's least competent leaders? The title chairman is inextricably tied to Mao. Even today, one is likely to see him referred to as Chairman Mao, and understandably so. He was chairman for more than 30 years, most of that as, formally, chairman of the Central Committee of the Chinese Communist Party. He had other titles and other roles, but his identity as chairman gave him a position that was both vague and powerful. Coupled with the cult of personality that he crafted over the course of several decades, it gave Mao power that was hard to define and, therefore, hard to contain. Only when his policies killed tens of millions in the famine of the Great Leap Forward was he ousted from power. Even then, his removal was temporary. Sidelined for several years in the early 1960s, Mao announced his return to political life by swimming in the Yangtze River and within months was standing in front of a million frenzied supporters in Tiananmen Square. The Cultural Revolution brought Mao's stature to unprecedented and uncontrolled heights. Although the question would not have been appreciated at the time, succession was already of concern. Mao was already in his 70s when the Cultural Revolution kicked off, and he was hardly a model of healthy living. But as dangerous as the smoking, drinking, and constant stresses of being Chairman Mao were, it was that much more hazardous to be his designated successor. 
Liu Shaoqi was next in line, but he had been instrumental in Mao's removal and was purged from power despite being head of state. Liu died of cancer, deprived of medical care and basic dignity. In his place, Lin Biao, the idiosyncratic architect of Mao's personality cult, was named heir apparent until he died in a fiery plane crash over Mongolia, apparently fleeing after a failed coup against Mao. Zhou Enlai, China's premier, replaced Lin as first vice chairman of the CCP, thus becoming the designated successor to Mao, but he predeceased Mao, dying in early 1976. Enter Hua Guofeng. In April of 1976, as the state was violently suppressing mourners for Zhou Enlai in Tiananmen Square, Hua was appointed first vice chairman of the CCP, making him the designated successor to Mao. Hua was forced quickly into service when Mao's illness left him unable to receive visiting dignitaries. Seeking guidance, Hua found just three short notes from Mao, most famously, Ni ban shar, wo fang xin. With you in charge, I am at ease. I find that this saying is often used unironically when entrusting someone with great responsibility, but if Mao was looking for someone to steward his legacy, the record shows that perhaps his confidence was misplaced. When Mao died that September, Hua Guofeng moved quickly to consolidate his power. Even though, because he was Mao's designated successor, Hua was in a political predicament, facing challenges from multiple sides. And while it is tempting to see him as a failure and a punchline, he was not without victories. He outmaneuvered the Gang of Four, the zealous Maoists led by Jiang Qing, who sought to continue the Cultural Revolution and had them arrested and put on trial. Hua quickly dressed himself in the trappings of power in the CCP, concentrating formal power to an even greater degree than Mao had. Upon Mao's death, Hua was chairman of the Communist Party, chairman of the Central Military Commission, and premier of the People's Republic. But though he held formal power, Hua had little support beneath the surface, in part because his power was built on a fundamental contradiction. He opposed the Gang of Four, but wrapped himself in Mao's mantle. In February, the People's Daily published an editorial endorsing the policy of the two whatevers. We will resolutely uphold whatever policy decisions Chairman Mao made and unswervingly follow whatever instructions Chairman Mao gave. Hua identified himself as the head of this whateverist faction in the government with a facile WWCMD attitude. Hua had defanged the radical wing of the movement by bringing down the Gang of Four, yet had publicly committed to continuing Mao's policies, leaving him an impossibly narrow path to power. Meanwhile, forces led by Deng Xiaoping opposed the extremism and dysfunction of the Cultural Revolution and worked to rebuild the government from within. The story of this bold and fragile enterprise is masterfully told in Julian Gewurz's new book, Never Turn Back, China and the Forbidden History of the 1980s. Defeated, Hua Guofeng resigned his position as chairman in June 1981, 
though he had wielded little power for several years. In a speech in August, Deng Xiaoping announced that Hua would be stepping down as premier. Filling the void would be a new generation of leaders, including Hu Yaobang and Zhao Ziyang, a hope for reform and openness. Whatever. Central to Deng Xiaoping's reforms was a dismantling of the cult of personality and what had enabled it. The title chairman was eliminated in 1982. Befitting his reputation, perhaps, Hua Guofeng couldn't even claim to be the last chairman. Hu Yaobang was the last man to hold that post. Procedures designed to limit and dilute power at the top of the party were put into place. Many of these procedures, including term limits, have been recently undone by Xi Jinping as he reestablishes the importance of personal power at the top of the Chinese government. This Week in China's History is a weekly column.